This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a finished company bringing the everyday magic of superfood mushrooms to our daily lives. If you visited my home, you would notice that my homemade coffee and tea bar in my kitchen uh, is right off to the side where I cook everything, and above it hangs eight wooden cups called kooksas, one for each member of my family. These have become a part of our family tradition as we will often sip mushroom coffee or superfood elixirs from them at breakfast or after dinner during family time. Wooden cup or not, I highly recommend all of the Four Sigmatic products and you would also find every single one of their products in my kitchen if you came to visit. And here's how I incorporate them into my day. In the morning, I will sip one of their mushroom coffee blends, their matcha or their new coffee latte or mushroom mocha with chaga. Throughout the day, when I don't want any more caffeine, I sip their chaga, cordyceps, or lion's mane elixirs on their own, since these are all caffeine-free but have a host of benefits, including a major boost of antioxidants. Nighttime always means turning to their calming turmeric tea or their reishi elixir with a splash of macadamia milk. Mom tip though, I always keep their activated charcoal lemonade on hand for the first sign of a stomach bug. My kids love it, it tastes great, and the charcoal always seems to help shorten the duration of any kind of tummy troubles. As a listener of this podcast, you can save 15% on Four Sigmatic products with the code wellnessmama by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama. Again, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash wellnessmama. This episode is sponsored by Just Thrive Probiotics. I found this company when searching for the most research-backed and effective probiotic available, and I was blown away at the difference I found in their products. They offer two cornerstone products that are both clinically studied and highly effective. The first is their probiotic, which has been studied to help with leaky gut and to survive up to 1,000 times as much as other probiotics or as the beneficial organisms in something like Greek yogurt, for instance. The difference is their spore-based strains work completely differently than other types of probiotics. Their probiotic is vegan, dairy-free, histamine-free, non-GMO, and is made without soy, dairy, sugar, salt, corn, tree nuts, or gluten. So it's safe for practically everyone. I even sprinkle it in my kids' food or bake it into products because it can survive at really high temperatures. Their probiotic contains a patented strain called Bacillus indicus HU36, which produces antioxidants in the digestive system where they can be easily absorbed by the body. Their other product is a K2-7, and this is a nutrient you may have heard of. It's known as Activator X, a super nutrient that Weston A. Price, a dentist known primarily for his theories on the relationship between nutrition, good health, bone development, and oral health. He found that this is prevalent in foods in the healthiest communities in the world. The K2 from Just Thrive is the only pharmaceutical grade all natural supplement with published safety studies. Like the probiotic, it is also gluten, dairy, soy, nut, and GMO free, and best are both taken with food. So I keep both on my kitchen table. Here's a tip too. My dad has trouble remembering to take supplements. So he actually taped these to his pepper shaker because he uses that at practically every meal. And now they're on his daily supplement list as well. You can check out all the products and learn more by going to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash wellnessmama and using the code wellnessmama15 to save 15%. So again, that's thriveprobiotic, T-H-R-I-V-E, 
P-R-O-B-I-O-T-I-C.com forward slash wellness mama and the code wellness mama 15 to save 15%. Hello and welcome to the wellness mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and I am here today with someone who I am so impressed by on many levels, especially his time management and everything he accomplishes. I thought I was busy, but I am here with Tony Casandrinos, who is the co-founder of Casandrinos Olive Oil, which you've probably seen me cook with on Instagram. He is a native of New York, but he spent a good portion of his childhood in his father's village in Greece. And at the age of 17, he joined the Marine Corps and he has been serving on active duty since then, but he gets to retire soon. He may actually be retired by the time this airs and focus full-time on Casadrino's olive oil, which is my favorite for sure. Tony, welcome and thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, I definitely want to go deep on olive oil, but first I just have to talk about Greece because I am yet to get there. It's top of my list of next places I want to go. And from, you know, you hear so much about Greece having not been there. I read about the blue zones, the diet there and how it's so healthy. There's obviously so much in Greece's favor and you've actually spent a lot of time there. So I'd love to just hear, um, hear about in general about Greece and some of the things you think we can all learn from whether it be the culture or the diet uh, or anything in Greece. Oh, definitely. I mean, I could, we could, we could talk for hours about this, but I'll try to make it short. But um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I've managed to, I've been fortunate enough through my military career, which has been 20 plus years now to spend a lot of my vacation time in Greece. I usually save it up for two years and I'll go for a month at a time. Yeah, it's it's a whole different world from what we're really used to in America, unfortunately, but um, it's much more laid back and relaxed and um the first thing most people will notice is people don't really work a lot there. <laughs> Might be a good or bad thing, but it's a lot. You'll notice a lot of stores are closed throughout much of the day. Um, but people are really focused on uh, family and eating and eating some more and going to the beach. And um, nutritionally, it's it's very different. Um, you do have a, di- a few different parts of Greece. You have Athens and Saloniki, like the major cities, and then you have the rest of the other country, the rest of the country, which is actually very small. It's land size about the size of New Jersey. So life in Athens is very, very different as opposed to life in most parts of the country. It's kind of like going back in time a, a lot. You know, when we go back there, like the vast majority of our food comes from the backyard. Um, it's very uh, vegetable heavy, a lot of fruit. You do eat a lot of meat too, but um, it, you know, it's, it's generally coming from the backyard or from your fields, wherever that might be. Um, tons of fresh fish and seafood every day, as, as long as you live around the coast, which is the majority of Greece. So you're just eating a lot less processed food and a lot more just real vegetables, fruit, uh, cheese, dairy, and uh, fresh animals <laughs> that were probably either caught or killed within a very short period of time. But the the biggest difference out of anything, I would say, is definitely just the lifestyle um, and the fact that people walk a lot more over there than, they, than we do here. Yeah, it seems like that's a lot of Europe, or something I've noticed every time. I'm there just, it's so much easier to walk than it is to drive or take a train a lot of times. Um, and it's just such so much more a part of life where, of course, all the statistics, we know how much we are sitting as Americans on average. Um, but I also love that you brought up the 
animal protein side and the dairy side, because I think there's a misconception when it comes to blue zones and you often hear like, oh, they're all vegan. And actually they're not, at least from any of the research I've seen, I haven't visited them. But you mentioned that animal products are a part of the culture in Greece where lifespan is better than it is in the US. Um, But I think like you're right, having that close access to your food supply and that local and fresh aspect is so important. And we definitely don't have that nearly as strong in America. Yeah. And with, I've actually talked to my dad and my uncle and a lot of my relatives about this and things have definitely changed. I think in the last, uh, even in Greece in the last 50 to a hundred years, um, they definitely do eat a lot of meat there, but I would say up until, um, more recent times they ate, it was more periodic. Like they wouldn't eat meat every day. I've talked to my father about this a lot. He said, yeah, we would have chicken usually once a week or twice a week. We They had a lot of seafood. And a lot of this is going to depend on if you're on the coast or not. Because if you're on the coast, you're going to be having a lot more fish and seafood. Whereas if you're up in the mountains, you're very rarely going to have seafood. So they, they definitely do eat meat in most of Greece. Um, that being said, it's not always part of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, it's usually only at dinner and it, it isn't every day. There, there are actually a lot of non-meat entrees that are eaten. I, I think they definitely overall probably consume uh, less meat throughout the day, all day long, every day. But that being said, I think, I don't need to say I think, I'm, I'm pretty very confident that the quality of the meat and the freshness of the meat is definitely much higher than over here in the States. For sure. And I mean, there's definitely a perception that olives and olive oil are a very big part of the culture as well. And um, I mean, that seems obviously to be true from what I've talked to you about, but that also to me makes a lot of sense because we know some of the data on how healthy olive oil is. It's one of the only oils that I have never seen vilified, actually. Like coconut oil was great and then it was bad and then it was great again. Animal fats have had their ups and downs, but pretty much everyone seems to agree that olive oil is great. And that's, is it consumed like really regularly in Greece? Like how much of, is is it a part of a daily staple diet? Oh yeah. So it's everything um, and, and to the point where my, most of my life up until maybe 10 years ago before I started our company is uh, you just take it for granted because it's something that's always there. I mean, it's almost like water it's where you, you know, it's just like, always it's always been a big part of our life. And you know, growing up, you never really think about it, but like we, we do everything with it from, you know, people use it for skincare. We used it to cook literally everything. There's really not a lot of Greek dishes that don't have olive oil in them in some way, shape or form. And even, and a lot of times, especially, you know, being more aware of, you know, how much you're consuming and whatnot, um, you know, we'll have a Greek salad and literally put like a half a bottle of olive oil on the salad to where it's just like saturated in oil. But yeah, the the average Greek person statistically, you know, they consume about uh, 26 liters of olive oil a year, which if you break it down and you've seen our, our standard 500 milliliter bottle, that's essentially, that's what that breaks down to one bottle a week. <laughs> so that's quite a bit, you know compared to what most people here are eating. I, I t- me personally, I tend to like use a lot more of it in the summer when you got fresh uh, vegetables, but um, yeah, it's a lot more we're consuming here in the States. That's for sure. 
That's fascinating. And based on some of the data I've seen, all the polyphenols in olive oil actually have a little bit of a sun protective effect, both on the skin and internally, because they're anti-inflammatory and a variety of other mechanisms. So that makes sense that in the summer you would consume more. Um, And again, having never been there, I know Greece is a sunny climate. So that I wonder if that also comes into play with the health benefits there. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I tend to, what it really is for me, because I I eat Greek salads like religiously, like come around right now, like May, June-ish through like September, which is for anyone that doesn't know, it's essentially like tomatoes and cucumbers and some oregano, feta and olive oil, peppers and onion. But I, I definitely eat probably one a day of a Greek salad. And, um, I think it's more also cause I'm in Greece in the summertime. <laughs> um, so we're always definitely consuming a ton of it over there. Yeah, definitely, uh, has a lot of, great benefits in more ways than one. That's for sure. So tell me the story of how, how it got here. How did it go from your family farm in Greece to now this company where I can thankfully order it online and have it delivered to my house? (laughs) So, um, it started, I was, I I mean, we've always had olive oil in our family. We've always had a bunch of olive orchards in Greece between my grandparents and my parents and aunts and uncles and cousins. Um, so it's, like I told you, it's always been around. Um, we really never retailed it here in the States, but we would bring enough. We'd bottle our own and bring it over here annually, and just enough for all of our family, which is a lot of people. So we'd actually bring over quite a few pallets of oil for family and friends. I had gone back to, I was, I was stationed in Philadelphia at the time, and I'd gone back to Rochester to visit my dad and brought a case back with me. And it was like the next night, the CrossFit gym I was training at at the time, we had a really tight knit community. And this is kind of like when the whole paleo uh, world was starting to come on. Um, and we were hauling the food. So we used to do, uh, weekly, uh, gatherings where we would, uh, just kind of cook at, or we'd all bring food into the gym and eat it. Probably not the most sanitary thing in the world, but um, it was my buddy's birthday. And they, my friend, Erin, who owned the gym, she had a big bottle of a lesser grade Italian olive oil. I'm not going to name the company, but it was on the, uh, on the table there. So I, I told Erin, I was like, let me bring some of our stuff in, you know? So everybody tried it and they loved it. So it kind of like snowballed from there. Everybody was asking me, Hey, can I get some more? Can I get some more? And I made a few more trips back to Rochester over the following months and brought, at this point, I was like bringing cases with me and um, just decided, hey, uh, with the encouragement of one of my friends, Diane Sanfilippo, she was like, you got to turn this into a business. And um, a few months later, I made the decision, okay, I'm going to order a bunch. I'm going to come out with our own private label and see how it goes. I made a little website and... uh, directly shipped, which got very old very quick, but that's pretty much how it started. And then um, it got quite overwhelming very quick. Within a few months, I was getting more orders than I could handle by myself. And uh, I was also getting ready to potentially deploy to Afghanistan. So I was like, okay, I got to shut this down for a good six months. So I called Effie, my sister and now business partner. I was like, hey, you want to do this with me? She was working at uh, JP Morgan at the time. And, uh, I was like, at the end of the day, I did not have the time really to run a business. I was, I was, uh, very busy with the Marine Corps and I was basically coming home from work with the Marine Corps in the evening and working all night long and then 
totally the entire weekends and I'm sitting there trying to learn how to build a website and get all the back end side of business things done, which uh, got very overwhelming. So brought Effie on board and she took over a lot of the uh, logistics and financial side of things, which I don't really love doing. She's better at that than I am. And I was able to focus on growing the business and doing the, the marketing side of things. And here we are now, seven years later. <laughs> I love it. And I love family businesses and being able to support that as well. Let's talk about some of the components of olive oil, because like I said, this pure olive oil is one thing I've never heard vilified ever. It's kind of universally agreed to be really good for you unless you had like a true allergy. But there was all this stuff that came out a few years ago about kind of deception in the olive oil world and how things were being marketed as pure olive oil that weren't and what like what those terms actually mean. And I know that you guys go above and beyond when it comes to transparency and testing, but can you walk us through what are some of the things we actually just need to be aware about in general when it comes to olive oil and the potential for deception in the industry? Okay. Um, so let me start off really quick on that. So the, the whole thing came about when uh, UC Davis came out with a report saying, you know, the vast majority of olive oil is not extra virgin olive oil. Um, there's a few different reasons for that, in my opinion. Um, and I can only really speak for our company and what we do. And then friends of mine who also do olive oil, um, I, I would venture to say the vast, vast majority of olive oil is not fake or adulterated. I think there, there definitely, it has happened in the past. The biggest problem I see in America is that we're consuming older olive oil. And that's just the whole distribution process and a lot of other uh, factors that go into that um, as far as sitting on a store shelf for X amount of days, sitting under the light and it oxidizing. But at the, at the core of it, you know, to, if, if we all get a, a pure first press, cold pressed, extra virgin olive oil, it's going to be different depending on multiple things like where it came from, what kind of olives were used, the weather that season. I mean, there's a lot of different inputs that go into like how the olive oil will come out. But when it, when it actually makes it here to the States, that time frame and how long that took and some other things that some big, huge olive oil companies will do, a lot of times they'll mix like last year's olive oil with this year's olive oil. That doesn't necessarily make it bad, but it's like it's not as high quality because um, that's really one of the big, biggest misconceptions with olive oil. And some people, they just don't know because they kind of assume it goes hand in hand with wine and it like gets better over time where olive oil is the opposite. It's actually a, a fresh fruit juice, essentially. You want to consume it as fast as possible. Um, it will stay good for a few years. Um, it just, you know, starts degrading over time. And uh, that's one of our big things. And kind of why we've really been against selling it in stores is we only provide or offer this year's current harvest of olive oil. And sometimes when you sell it at stores, you kind of lose the control of that. That makes perfect sense that you want to protect. It. And that's why you also, like you said, you would want dark bottles or you guys also sell in metal, right? That also helps keep it. Yeah. So we, so we sell, so we actually are glass bottles and th this is a lot that goes into like the pricing of olive oil. You know, sometimes you'll go and see like a really cheaper olive oil, like at Walmart or whatnot. And there's a lot of factors that go into the cost. And that actually is one of them is the packaging and even the glass, like you can have a, a there's different grades of glass and different amount of light they allow in. 
And our glass, you know, it's actually probably about quadruple the price of some glass bottles because we use really dark pharmaceutical grade glass for our smaller bottles. And even with that, we still recommend people keep them in their kitchen cupboards instead of on their kitchen counter. Even though we like love our bottle and the design of it, it's like, put it away. But then we also do have the the BPA-free cans that we have our larger portions in, and that obviously allows no light to come through because we actually, uh, so we do do, just to go on that, so we, we do a chemical analysis on every lot of olive oil, and we do two of them in, in Greece and then one here in the States, and we've actually tested our olive oil initially, and then we tested it after six months, and we did two different bottles. One we left on the counter in the basically just normal sunlight. And then one we had in the cupboard and the one that was left on the counter was actually severely degraded compared to the one that was inside the dark. That's fascinating. So I hope I'm going to say this right, but what about oleic acid? Um, What is that and where does it come from and how much of it should be in olive oil? Okay, uh, great question. It's it's pretty much it's a monounsaturated fatty acid. The thing is, just like with all your components of the olive oil, um, depending on the specific harvest, what kind of olives are used, it's going to vary. It's generally between 50, 55, and uh, even upwards of 80% of the olive oil. The the only way to really get an accurate number is with a chemical analysis where it really breaks down all the acid compounds as as well as the polyphenols. So it it actually is something that does vary year to year or harvest to harvest. We actually do post all of our our chemical analysis on our website and tie them with a with a lot number and then every bottle and can will come with its specific lot number just to you know because we really like to be as transparent as possible so people can see okay this was the acidity level of this olive oil this year and it will fluctuate by tenths of percentage points um, year to year. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the, definitely one of the uh, important compounds of olive oil. Got it. And what about kind of give us a primer on the different classes of olive oil as well? I think most people are pretty familiar with extra virgin olive oil because you hear that a lot. But what do all the different types actually mean, and what's the difference? Okay, so honestly, extra virgin olive oils prob and virgin olive oils probably the only two I would be eating, <laughs> but it, it is going to, de- the actual um, acidity level is what is going to break down. Like the extra virgin is 0.8 and below acidity level where an extra virgin is higher than that. Now, the, the, the real important thing for people to understand is extra virgin olive oils, um, to be considered extra virgin olive oil, 0.8 or below there's actually quite a difference between a 0.7 and a 0.2. So you really want to find the lowest possible content as, as, as that, that you can find. And then above that, you have your virgin olive oil. That is actually much lighter. A lot of times you'll see like your, your light olive oil doesn't really have a lot of taste to it. It's a lot blander, which there's, there's definitely some uses for it. I mean, it, if you want to make like a mayo and it's not as strong, that, that's probably what you would want to use after that. And then beyond that, you really, you have like your refined olive oil and your 
pumice olive oil, which is your pretty much your lowest grade of olive oil. That it's it's usually the oil that has been pressed after the initial press of the olives, um, so it's a lower grade. You it's usually used for skincare products or not not something you'd really want to consume. Um, and then beyond that, you have a few other downgraded levels of the olive oil, but that's pretty much used for uh, lamp oil. <laughs> but at the end of the day, really all you really need to be concerned with as a consumer for food, though, is the extra virgin and actual virgin oil. And honestly, I'd stick with the uh, the extra virgin. Got it. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And you guys even have shirts I, when I see you at conferences that say that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good conversation starter. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And to circle back to what you said, I have written a note earlier. And just to reiterate, so you said that in Greece, the average person consumes 26 liters per year, which is essentially a bottle a week, which is amazing because, I mean, I think it's been largely debunked by now, but the idea that eating fat makes you fat because that's a substantial amount of calories from fat. And yet Greece has much lower obesity rates and heart disease rates, um, like actually spectacular heart disease rates. They're great. And they consume a lot of olive oil, which speaks again to the, the protective effects there. Can you just like delve a little bit more into like the benefits of olive oil, even at that level of consumption? Because certainly the data I've seen, there doesn't seem to be really an upper limit where it's not beneficial. Um, but what do you see as some of the, some of the biggest benefits? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we can always like find studies and science that say, you know, fat's healthy, fat's not healthy. The same thing with, I mean, you can pretty much do anything with that when it comes to carbs or whatnot, but there, the consumption of the olive oil in Greece is, um, again, I'm not a scientist. I, I go by off of what I know and what I've seen and what my, how long my, my family members on average, I'd say that right around the hundred year mark, my, all my dad's, uh, aunts and uncles and my grandparents are all like still alive and kicking and they live off this stuff and they have been consuming it their entire lives. They consume it in very large quantities. Um, most of that is basically cause that's all they have. They even coconut oil, good luck trying to find coconut oil in Southern Greece or at pretty much anywhere in Greece or, um, really any other, other sources of fat. I mean, you'll get butter, here and there, but not really nearly to the amount that we use here in the States. And at the end of the day, the olive oil is outside of animal fat is basically your only source of fat over there. Um, you're really not eating too many other oils, that's for sure. And uh, not a lot of, not a lot of other things other than oil or olive oil and, uh, you know, some dairy here and there. Yeah. And I think that ratio is probably important because um, the latest research I've seen at least is not that any like not that saturated fat is inherently bad at all but it does seem to depend on that ratio of monounsaturated fats that you're also getting things like green vegetables and all of the components in that that you're getting like there's it's not just kind of in a vacuum uh, another question I get a lot when it comes to olive oil and it seems semi-controversial I'm hoping you have a strong opinion on is what about cooking with olive oil? Because there was all this um, kind of news while back that it you shouldn't heat it above a certain point or it's dangerous when you heat it. But every time I've been in Europe, everybody cooks with olive oil. So what's your take on that? So again, you know, when you have conflicting science and reports and I've seen like so much conflicting information on this because, you know, it's things I'm interested in. Obviously it's in my world. I can say I personally don't really cook with it a ton, but I will tell you in 
Southern Europe, like Greece, Italy, Spain, and all the islands around the Mediterranean, everybody cooks with it and they cook like virtually everything in it. We actually surprisingly eat a lot of fries in Greece, but fries are cooked in Greece or with oil in Greece. Um, any sorts of meats you're cooking, any seafood, I mean, it's all cooked in olive oil. I personally really don't cook with it all that much just because uh, I actually really like cooking my meats in ghee. <laughs> but um, I, I do use it cold. Like that's obviously my staple um, when it comes to vegetables. And I do put it, you know, over certain meats after I've cooked it. But honestly, I get this question like all the time from my customers. I'm like, it, it, it's a personal choice. It's kind of like talking about religion or politics. You know, um, I will, all I can say is I've, the people that live a lot healthier and longer than we do in America definitely use olive oil to cook with. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I, I think I've definitely heard people kind of stress about, should we cook with olive oil and not cook with it? But there's still other aspects of diet that could like, you know, maybe get rid of the sugar. There's a lot of other dietary things we could change in America that would make a bigger impact than if there is any potential danger of cooking with olive oil. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a finished company bringing the everyday magic of superfood mushrooms to our daily lives. If you visited my home, you would notice that my homemade coffee and tea bar in my kitchen uh, is right off to the side where I cook everything, and above it hangs eight wooden cups called kooksas, one for each member of my family. These have become a part of our family tradition as well, we will often sip mushroom coffee or superfood elixirs from them at breakfast or after dinner during family time. Wooden cup or not, I highly recommend all of the Four Sigmatic products and you would also find every single one of their products in my kitchen if you came to visit. And here's how I incorporate them into my day. In the morning, I will sip one of their mushroom coffee blends, their matcha or their new coffee latte or mushroom mocha with chaga. Throughout the day, when I don't want any more caffeine, I sip their chaga, cordyceps, or lion's mane elixirs on their own, since these are all caffeine-free, but have a host of benefits, including a major boost of antioxidants. Nighttime always means turning to their calming turmeric tea or their reishi elixir with a splash of macadamia milk. Mom tip though, I always keep their activated charcoal lemonade on hand for the first sign of a stomach bug. My kids love it. It tastes great. And the charcoal always seems to help shorten the duration of any kind of tummy troubles. As a listener of this podcast, you can save 15% on Four Sigmatic products with the code wellnessmama by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama. Again, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama. This episode is sponsored by Just Thrive Probiotics. I found this company when searching for the most research-backed and effective probiotic available, and I was blown away at the difference I found in their products. They offer two cornerstone products that are both clinically studied and highly effective. The first is their probiotic, which has been studied to help with leaky gut and to survive up to 1,000 times as much as other probiotics or as the beneficial organisms in something like Greek yogurt, for instance. The difference is their spore-based strains work completely differently than other types of probiotics. Their probiotic is vegan, dairy-free, histamine-free, non-GMO, and is made without soy, dairy, sugar, salt, corn, tree nuts, or gluten. So it's safe for practically everyone. 
I even sprinkle it in my kids' food or bake it into products because it can survive at really high temperatures. Their probiotic contains a patented strain called Bacillus indicus HU36, which produces antioxidants in the digestive system where they can be easily absorbed by the body. Their other product is a K2-7, and this is a nutrient you may have heard of. It's known as Activator X, a supernutrient that Weston A. Price, a dentist known primarily for his theories on the relationship between nutrition, good health, bone development, and oral health. He found that this is prevalent in foods in the healthiest communities in the world. The K2 from Just Thrive is the only pharmaceutical grade all natural supplement with published safety studies. Like the probiotic, it is also gluten, dairy, soy, nut, and GMO free, and best are both taken with food, so I keep both on my kitchen table. Here's a tip too. My dad has trouble remembering to take supplements, so he actually taped these to his pepper shaker because he uses that at practically every meal, and now they're on his daily supplement list as well. You can check out all their products and learn more by going to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash wellnessmama and using the code wellnessmama15 to save 15%. So again, that's Thrive Probiotic, T-H-R-I-V-E-P-R-O-B-I-O-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama and the code wellnessmama15 to save 15%. And I want to make sure we reserve some time now to talk about, um, because obviously I love your olive oil. It'll be linked in the show notes or it's just at cassandrinos.com. But um, I also want to hear from you selfishly how you manage your time and your stress. Because um, like I said, I feel like I'm relatively busy and I have multiple full-time jobs, but I am not active duty military and an entrepreneur at the same time. So kind of walk me through, how do you manage work-life balance? Well, the one most important aspect I think, and I know is a polar opposite with you, is I don't have children. Because <laughs> I know that's definitely uh, adds, because my sister, Effie, who's my business partner, she has three little ones that are one, three, and five. And that definitely adds to a lot of a uh, lot less of your time. Um, so I, I have that going for me when it comes to my time management. But um, the Marine Corps does own me for a good majority of the day. Um, I'm generally leaving for work at six in the morning and I get home around four thirty or five. And that's without, you know, any sort of deployments going on or whatnot. I generally wake up between four and four fifteen every day, but um, the number one thing, and I learned this back when I was a recruiter is really to, I really account for almost every minute that I'm awake. Um, I, I have a daily outlook scheduler that I have um, and it starts at four in the morning and it usually ends at nine at night. And I, the day before I always go through and I schedule, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing from even in the morning when it's like between 4am and 6am. And then I have my work time scheduled and then I'll have, you know, my lunch time scheduled. And then even when I get home, okay, I'm either, you know, going to the gym between this time and this time, and I'm going to have you know, I'm going to eat dinner at 6 p.m. And then uh, I'm going to work on Cassandrinos from 7 to 8.30. And then, then I'm going to bed. I'm, I'm like, a, I usually go to bed around between 8 and 9 every night. But the, the, the biggest thing is really to maximize every minute. You know, we, we only get so many minutes and hours in a day. And it, I think uh, a lot of it is often, especially nowadays with social media and the news on the internet 24 seven, I think a lot of time is wasted just um, kind of doing things that aren't really productive. 
Um, so big, biggest thing is just to really uh, break down your day and account for your minutes and what you're doing when, and when you're doing them. Yeah, I totally agree. You're right. The kid thing is different and a lot of people um, listening are moms. And so just want to, you know, offer like to speak to that for a minute because, you know, kids are a different ball game and they do take quite a bit of time and energy. But also like we do have a little bit more flexibility sometimes than being active duty military. And I just have a lot of respect for everything you've accomplished while juggling that too. Um, and I share your focus on maximizing the hours that you have and the minutes that you have. And I do a similar thing in my own life of managing very carefully my time during the day. And for me, the biggest benefit I've found from that also is that it frees you up mentally. Because that was something I realized early on in motherhood was that I was stressed out all the time because I was trying to manage in my head all of the things that had to happen in a given day and all the appointments and who needed what and the meal planning and everything. And so I just had all these open loops constantly. And when you plan those things and everything has a place and a time and a schedule, then you can at least let go of the mental stress of that because you know things are going to happen when they're supposed to happen. And it sounds like that's what you do as well as just by having that plan, you're able to take away some of the stress. Um, are there any other stress management um, tips that you would offer? Because I think you're right, motherhood can be a stressful endeavor as well. But it's, um, I would guess, you know, being deployed is probably at least as stressful, probably much more so. So, how have you managed to manage your stress throughout all of that? I think a lot of it at first will come out with your like outlook on life and people. I, I always try and. I try and live as much of a stress-free life as possible in basically every aspect of life, whether it's finances or minimalism or relationships. Like um, I try and definitely keep stress out. But one thing that definitely helps is I go outside every day. And even I won't even listen to music. Like I generally will go outside, even if it's for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and go for a walk or go in the woods or I happen to live like near a really cool forest now, but uh, I definitely find that that helps big. And I think it's something where most people are severely, severely lacking these days is uh, actually getting outside and being in nature and uh, kind of unplugging from, you know, the, all the phone screens and monitors and TVs and just busyness of everyday life. So that's definitely my number one thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that because it's something anybody can do and it's not expensive. It doesn't cost anything. It's not like some crazy biohacking device that no one can actually afford. It's like go in nature, which is almost like its own vitamin, I think. And um, that's a, such a great tip. And to echo that, like, I think sometimes we want to do all these complicated things to be healthy. And some of the most important things are sleep and time outdoors and just hydration, things that are largely completely free. Um, and there's some really cool studies. I'm sure you've seen them as well about spending out time outside, especially in the morning, has so many benefits for circadian rhythm and for sleep and for melatonin and for a lot of aspects of health and hormones. And so obviously that makes total sense why it would be not just um, anecdotal, but like a very statistically backed stress relief. And um, yeah, and most of us statistically are not doing that. We're spending way too much time inside in chairs. So you're kind of like tackling two things at once by walking and being outside, which I love. So like just on a practical level, let people know where you guys are available. Because I know you have your own website. Are you guys available anywhere else that people might shop? Yeah, we're on two places right now. And that's cassandrinos.com and we're on Amazon. So those are two places. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about why. I mean, we, we really like to control, to have the quality control of how long our oil is actually 
in our fulfillment center. Um, we actually send our oil to Amazon on a pretty much a biweekly basis just to ensure, you know, it's not hanging around there too long. Um, and that we may go into stores in the future. It's something we've uh, kind of been hesitant on doing. But, yep, right now we're at those two places. And it's looking. we just got approved for Walmart.com, so we might be on there here very shortly. Awesome. Well, and like I said before we hit record, I'm so excited to see what the next couple of years looks like for you guys when you actually have more than a few hours a week to devote to this and um, to all the things that you guys are doing. You also are working on some related products like balsamic vinegars. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, we actually brought over a few uh, vinegars from Greece and uh, we actually have quite a few things in store for the future. Just uh, again, we don't have a lot of time right now, but the one we came out with last year, which we really love and we're going to be promoting a lot more heavily is our little travel packets that are little single serving sizes of olive oil. Um, but we are, we actually have a line of spices that will be coming out in the next six months as well as some skincare products. So definitely things coming out. I love it. And I'll make sure like links to the existing products are in the show notes and um, definitely encourage you, people to follow you guys on Instagram too, to keep up with new products and the visits to Greece because those are super fun to watch. Um, and the travel packets, I'm glad you mentioned those because um, I keep a ton of those in stock at my house all the time for two reasons. One is that at restaurants, I don't trust necessarily their olive oil, that it's actually olive oil and it doesn't taste as good. So I bring those in my purse when I eat anywhere and use it as salad dressing. Um, but also I use them at the beach or the pool as like essentially like very low SPF oil on my skin. And they're the perfect size for that. So I love that you guys have those little ones. They're great to travel with. Or another tip I found with those single serve ones, I don't actually know what the mechanism is, but I know that essentially taking a shot of olive oil helps with headaches. So whenever I'm traveling and I get a headache, I will literally just shoot a packet of olive oil and my headache almost always goes away. So I don't know if it's the antioxidants or what it is, but I've never had that fail. So another tip for anybody listening. Well, Tony, I am so appreciative of your time. I know that you are actually on lunch break right now from being active duty military. So I'm honored that you are literally skipping lunch to talk to me. Um, and I am so grateful for obviously your olive oil, which I love, but also for your service and all that you have done for all of us in the last decades. And um, so just thank you. I'm so grateful for you and for you sharing today. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for listening and sharing your most valuable asset of your time with both of us today. We're so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time and thanks as always for listening.